0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: You can wrap this with my friend in maroon
2: and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! Bingo!
0: You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi, covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else.
3: You got to think people down in central Mississippi probably tired of a little thunder and lightning. We talked about that just a few minutes ago on uh, on Sports Talk Mississippi, but this is Thunder and Lightning live here on. Super Talk Mississippi, I'm Brian Dad. Rhino down there in Studio X. When he talks, people listen. He's handling everything else other than the talking for us today. Good show lined up for you. My buddy Brandon Marcello from 24-7 Sports will join us in about 13 minutes. And we're going to talk about Mississippi State and the national perception of the Bulldogs, which I feel is low. I feel is is not on par with what it should be. I think this is a team that is is being underrated yet again. And uh, I, today, today on Twitter, um, I, I was I noticed my, my buddy. I know a guy that Mississippi State fans not not overly fond of, but that's fine. But I'm a friend of Barrett Sally and a, and a fan of his. And uh, he put out his SEC, you know, his he put out the composite schedule and had State six and six. And I'm just like Barrett, you wrote an article four years ago about how Mississippi State is consistently the most underrated team in the SEC by the media. Every year it's the same. State is picked 6th or 7th in the West and they finish higher than that. They were predicted 7th last year they finished 4th. You've done it again. You've made the same mistake. You know, state was picked 6th in the West at the SEC Media Days. I had state 4th in the West. I think that they'll they'll finish um, where they finished a season ago. I don't see a reason to, to drop them down off of that. So kind of a strange thing. And then we had a guy on today on Sports Talk Mississippi. And I will definitely retweet this interview tomorrow when, uh, when Borky clips it up and puts it out there on YouTube because it's worth listening to. Uh, but Josh Pate, who's one of the top new voices. He's not a guy you may have heard of. Uh, until recently, he's come on really strong. His podcast, Late Kick with Josh Pate, is is must-listen for college football fans. Um, his comment was this, that if you put Mississippi State's roster into LSU's uniforms, they'd be a dark horse. I kind of agree. And it's something I've been saying. And, and I, 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 When you say something and nobody wants to agree with you, you start to wonder, are you the crazy one? So finally, somebody backed me up on this, but... How can you return as much production as Mississippi State does, and not think people and people not think they're going to be a little improved? I know the schedule's tough, but hey, Mississippi State plays in the SEC West. It's tough every year. Yeah, adding Georgia to it hurts, but so you, you trade out Georgia for Vanderbilt. Okay, there's a loss, but you should beat Memphis this year, right? So it's the same, right? It's the same seven and five that you were before. Can you pick up an extra win? Why not? You bring so much back. You recruit it well into the transfer portal. You, you got a, a lot going for you. Why is this such an impossible thing? People are talking about Mississippi State. I, I've seen people talking about uh, you know this, that, and the other. Talking about you know five and seven, six and six. Why would they take a step back? I, I, I honestly don't get it. Yesterday, you had the uh, the All SEC team come out from the coaches and. They had four quarterbacks on three teams. They had a tie at second. Obviously, Bryce Young, first team. Uh, they had Hendon uh, uh, Hooker and Stetson Bennett were tied for second team. And Will Levis third team. And, and somebody made this point on a message board, and I thought it was a great point, that any other team in the conference has a quarterback that returns it through for 40, I don't care what kind of system they're running, the quarterback threw for 4,700 yards and 36 touchdowns, and that guy's not in the top four? I mean, that's a joke. That's a joke. There's no getting around that one. It, there, there's no Nobody can look me in the face and say, yeah, you're not right. You know I'm right. Even Richard Cross had no choice. He was like, you're right, Brian. So State is underrated yet again. And I think a lot of that has to do with Mike Leach and the the – idea that maybe not the idea, but you know, there's always this idea this 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 thought that that, you know he loses a game he shouldn't lose. Last year I thought state lost two games they shouldn't have lost. Two. And I think that is sort of I don't know poison the well is the right way to put it, but it's got people thinking. Obviously the Memphis game is one of those. You go back and look at the stats of that game and and told, if I if I just showed you the stats and said, what's the score of this game, you would say Team A won forty one to fourteen. And instead Team A lost thirty one to twenty nine because they had silly turnovers and they of course they had you know poor officiating that cost them fourteen points. Those two two things a fumble recovery and a blown call cost Mississippi State fourteen points. Simple as that. And then you have the other game is Texas Tech. And I know State was kind of, you know, they were missing a lot of guys. I know the the, the COVID situation and the opt-outs, they were missing a lot of guys, including Charles Cross and Martin Emerson. You know, they're, they're two best players. I get all that, but that Texas Tech team was garbage. It was not a good football team. They had no business beating Mississippi State like that. State just played its absolute worst game of the season. They played terribly on both sides of the ball. No player stood out as good. And so you get creamed when you do that. And I think that, and I've said it many times, if State had won that game and finished 8-5, and five, I think that there's a lot more buzz, positive buzz, about this Mississippi State team, and they're probably a preseason top 25 team. And, you, and you've got most of the country saying, yeah, Mike Leach has done a good job getting that program and getting his system in place, and now they're poised to have a big year in Starkville in his third season, and that program... You know, looks like they're going to be a, a lot more consistent, and it's it's you know the, the questions become can you now can you take another step, which has been the question for Mississippi State, literally as long as I've been alive. Is oh they're they're pretty good now, but can they take another step? They've never done it. They've never taken the other step. I don't know that they can take the other step. To be totally honest with you, that's a discussion uh, for another day. But Josh Pate, high on this Mississippi State team. His his analytic model has State going eight and four, which is right where I have State. As well, and what you'll find out tomorrow. Uh, I'm sorry, on Friday on the Thunder and Lightning podcast, a lot of the people who cover the Mississippi State Bulldogs are in that that area as well. But it's 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 something to me to watch people discuss Mississippi State, a team that returns a near 5,000 yard passer, both of its starting running backs, uh, the majority of its receiving core, which is as deep as anybody in the SEC. Uh, Their offensive line returns three starters. They return, I think, eight starters defensively, and they went out and got a couple of impact transfers to help out right away. And their biggest weakness last year, which was kicker, they went out and got a Groza Award finalist uh, to to fill that void. And they had one piece of coaching turnover, and they promoted from within to fill that void. That seems like a recipe for a good season to me. It almost feels like I talk about cycles a lot with Mississippi State that you know in a five year cycle state should have three years where there're seven eight wins, maybe one year where they drop back to six because they lose a lot and then they have the year where everybody's back and you can maybe jump up to 910 wins. That feels like this year, but I don't think State's going to win 9 or 10 because the schedule is tough. I don't think State, I mean, they're going to lose to Alabama, they're going to lose to Georgia, and they'll, they'll probably drop a couple more just along the way. But everything around this team, again, if you just handed somebody a blind resume and said this is what this team brings back, nobody would say, oh, well, whatever they were last year, they're going to be worse. Nobody would say that. So I don't know why Mississippi State is, is not getting the uh, the recognition it deserves. And it does deserve it in this case. You know, if I thought they were going to be bad, I, you know, you guys know me. I'd come on this radio show. I'd come on Sports Talk Mississippi, on the podcast, on Twitter. I'd be like, hey, guys, they're going to be bad. You need to brace yourself. You probably shouldn't buy tickets. I'm not saying that. I've been saying all all season long, I think this team is going to be improved. Could I be wrong? Sure. Won't be the first time. Won't be the last. But I got it right last year. I said seven and five. I say eight and four this year. We'll see what happens. I feel I feel pretty confident though. This team is going to be improved. I feel like they just have too many good players in places. They have too much depth to not to not be better than they were a season ago. And yeah, I know George is on the schedule, but. So are a lot of other teams that Mississippi State can beat and has beaten. They beat Auburn last year. They beat Kentucky. They beat Texas A&M. They were a field goal away from beating Arkansas. Why can't they win those games again this year? I don't know the answer. Maybe Brandon Marcello knows the answer. National College football columnist for 24-7 Sports. Of course, he used to be the beat writer here for Mississippi State, so he's got some insight into this program. And he's just a good good guy and a good friend of mine. He'll join us next on the show, and we'll be right back. Thunder and Lightning Live. You know what to do.
1: At Community Bank, we believe our success lies in our continued commitment to community and upholding the same small-town values that we were founded upon. We are relationship bankers. Whether you're trying to grow your business, grow your savings for your future, or building your dream home for your family, we are committed to helping you achieve your goals. Community Bank, a bank that knows community.
4: Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
0: Find out more at madisoncellars.net or stop by today. Madison Sellers on Highway 51 in the Madison Station Shopping Center. Where yeah, Mississippi comes to talk. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Here on Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi, I'm Brian Haydad. If you ever miss the show, it's available on the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed, along with, believe it or not, the Thunder and Lightning podcast, which is there five days a week. Plus, we usually have some extra features in there every now and then, some interviews that we do and some fun stuff. So check that out wherever you're getting your podcast from. Where does Brandon Marcello get his podcast from? Let's find out. Right now, Brandon Marcello, national college football reporter, 24-7 sports, all-around great guy, too. I want to point that out and uh, and give him the love that he deserves. Brandon, where do you, where do you get your podcast from?
5: There's this guy in the Walmart parking lot down the road who uh, <laughs> tells me that if, I don't know, I, 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 I get it. You were going, you reasons. had it. I've got it. I didn't have a joke. I didn't have a punchline it's just i get it wherever my phone pulls it up i'm getting to that point now with age and technology like i've got like 15 different apps to do podcast stuff so i don't i don't even know what i'm listening right. to
3: well i hope that the thunder and lightning podcast occasionally makes it across uh, no
5: your, no your, that your, one does your device. Not. absolutely not <laughs> nope <laughs> just,
3: just just walk of champions i hear you uh mississippi state when I say Mississippi State twenty twenty two, what's your first gut reaction to that? To that, what, what do you think this team is?
5: Um, eight wins. That's my first reaction. I, I, they've got the pieces to win eight games, um, potentially nine if if Mike Leach can win an Egg Bowl, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I hate to say it, I like Mike Leach as a coach, but. He does not do very well in those rivalry games wherever he goes. So eight wins, maybe get to nine. I, I think this is kind of their window for me. It's between seven and nine wins is what they are this season.
3: You mentioned Leach. You know, prior to getting to Mississippi State, I mean – maybe the most beloved coach in college football. Every week there was some sort of new viral clip of him discussing wedding plans or mascot battle royals or or, or who knows what else. And it seems like he's lost a little bit of that luster, a little bit of that shine in his time at Mississippi State. And then on the other side of that, it feels like Lane Kiffin has picked some of that up. Do you you detect that? Does the national media still have that, that love for Mike Leach they used to?
5: no i don't think so i think it's kind of lost its luster a little bit and i think it's like that for anybody you're in the limelight for long enough and someone else pops up or half a dozen other people pop up and they start kind of lose track of you and i do think that it it kind of does hurt a little bit that one of those guys is lane kiffin and they're just up the road from you um also he's got to start winning some games at Mississippi state, yeah. if you start getting a contention for things or pulling off a big upset here or there, yeah, you'll be talked about, it. I, I think that Mississippi state, I mean, to be quite honest from the outside looking in it, you know, ever since they opened the season two years ago, by just abolishing LSU, we all were, it felt falling back in love with Mike Leach. It, it hasn't quite met that, that high point. Once again, of course we knew what LSU turned into, but, um, yeah, I think he's got to win a little bit. I don't think it's just a matter of him like saying some crazy stuff, which, listen, he's going to talk anyway. I mean, I think I had a 20-minute conversation with the SEC Media Days about deep-sea fishing, and it was, it was fabulous. It was awesome. Um, and I like I mean, just personally getting to talk to coaches who don't think about football every stinking moment of their life. There's so much more to this life. But, uh, yeah, win some games, and I think he'll start getting more play out there for uh, some of his quote-unquote hot takes.
3: Earlier today on Sports Talk Mississippi, we had uh, one of your your compatriots from 24-7 and, and fellow bald man, uh, Josh Pate, was yeah. on with us uh, earlier. He he made the comment when asked about Mississippi State, if you put them in LSU's uniforms, they'd be a dark horse. I don't know if he meant for the SEC title or for the national title. I think national title's a little strong, obviously. But it sort of echoed what I've been saying, and, and maybe I'm caught in my own echo chamber a, a little bit, but... It does feel like year after year, Mississippi State is a team that gets picked 6th or 7th over there at media days, and then they come out in their 3rd, 4th, or 5th almost every season. Is there a reason Mississippi State's perennially underrated beyond the fact that, well, it's just Mississippi State?
5: Uh, I do think it's as simple as that. It's Mississippi State. I think people still have that in their brain. I think the, uh, the post or I should say the late Jackie Sherrill days to the post-Jackie Sherrill days, I still think that just like that has defined how a almost entire generation views Mississippi State. But since then, Mississippi State's had Dan Mullen. They've been number one in the country. Um, They've been in a playoff hunt. They've been neck and neck with Alabama a couple of times. Um, And yet they're still trying to overcome that stigma. And I think kind of part of that is you know, Dan Mullen leaves for Florida, and it, I hate to say it, I think there's that stigma out there, just like, well, of course he left Starkville, and it's like, yeah, he did after like a decade, though, and mm-hmm. he achieved what he achieved there, and no one's going to be able to take that away from him, and yet we're kind of waiting for Mississippi State to get back to that area where it wasn't Dan Mullen, where he can win eight, nine games, and until that happens, I'm not so sure that stigma will ever leave, but... I do think that's something that's kind of still clouding, kind of our view of what that job is. Even with you know when you attract a coach of the caliber of Mike Leach there, or for that matter, I don't know how Mississippi State fans really view it. But Joe Moorhead, I think, is a fantastic coach. Um, so uh, you just got to win some of those games. But I do think I think it's as simple as that. I just think that people in the media and even fans are just go, oh, it's Mississippi State. I still think that they think that way.
3: Yesterday, the uh, the All SEC team came out from the coaches, and they were four quarterbacks on three uh, teams. None of them were Will Rogers. So he, he was not on the. Of course. Well, that, that's my question. You know, where does Rogers rank among SEC quarterbacks for you?
5: Oh man, that's so difficult. Because now, now you're gonna put make me put me in a bad spot. Uh, <laughs> listen, um,
3: now, Mississippi State fans already didn't virtues. like you from your previous employer, Brandon. Don't don't feel don't worry about it. Yeah. I'll
5: no. it. Now, by virtue, I saw eliminate one person. By virtue of them not having played in the SEC, I do not put Spencer Radler in that conversation yet until he actually plays in the SEC. So we eliminate him. And mm-hmm. Hooker's up there. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young obviously is up there. He's number one. KJ Jefferson. Right. Oh Gosh, man. That's in Bennett. Then Will Rogers, so maybe Will Rogers is five,
3: maybe four. So you, you do have him ahead of Will know. Levis, who was who was third team from the coaches. Yes,
5: yeah, I do. See, yes, I do I, have him ahead of Will Levis. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I've been saying this the last couple of days. I think Kentucky's going to be down a little bit this year. They're going to take a step back. Oh. Um, See, but, I just yeah, don't think I, it's a sin I, to Levis.
3: not have Rogers high. I don't think it's a problem because as long as you acknowledge that he's good, and I think that's the issue. Some people are just like, well, it's just the system. Well, it's it's not just the system. You have to complete the passes. If I put Brandon Marcello in the backfield or Brian Haydad, we're not completing 75% of our passes for 4,800 yards. It's just a loaded year in the conference.
5: Yeah, look at the year one under Mike Leach. I mean – Goodness gracious! It, it didn't quite work out the way they wanted a quarterback, and have to move guys around, and end up not working. So, yeah, he's a good quarterback. Obviously, he is the issue is though is that uh, the SEC is absolutely loaded uh, at quarterback yeah. this year, as we all know. And there's probably going to be a name or two that we're not really talking all about that much right now. That's going to end up being a top four quarterback, and that could be Anthony Richardson of Florida. I mean, heck. It could end up being King at Texas A and M. He's got a lot of weapons around him, and if he ends up being named the starter, and they actually throw the ball down the field for once at Texas A and M, he's got a lot of weapons. He could end up being one of those guys. I mean, the SEC is stacked at quarterback this season. Well,
3: we only got a couple minutes left. What would surprise you more: Mississippi State taking a step back to six and six, or Mississippi State ending up ten and two and in something like the Peach or the Sugar Bowl?
5: Which would surprise me most? I think it would surprise me most to see them um being the peach bowl. A little bit more is a little bit more difficult for me because those teams contending for the two through five spots and even three through five, they're so closely put together this year in the SEC West. I think it's much much more difficult to be ten and two than it is. To be six and six, so yeah, that, that that to me would be a little bit more surprising. But let Mississippi State's capable of it this year. I would not have said that last year. Uh, definitely would not have. But they're capable of it this year. They're in that group with with Texas A and M, LSU, Ole Miss, and Arkansas to be in that hunt. Um, that game early in the season, though, against LSU, is absolutely crucial. They're not going ten and two if they lose LSU early. And for that matter, I think they might just be a seven-win team if they lose to LSU early.
3: Yeah, I don't disagree with with a lot of what you just said. Brandon Marcello, my good friend, I appreciate you coming on with me. Thanks very much, man. I'll talk to you again soon.
5: All right, see you, Brian.
3: That's Brandon Marcello here on Thunder and Lightning Live. We'll be right back. We're going to talk uh, what happened last weekend at Davis Wade Stadium, scrimmage-wise, plus a little bit more when we come back here on Thunder and Lightning Live on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: The best made to order lunch is right around the corner at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk, Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's Handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. The Southern Business Institute is proud to bring you Collab South. Whether you are a new business or a business that has been around a long time, this is a great place to get up-to-date information on business in Mississippi. Our one-day event gives you access to business information right here in Mississippi. Locate, connect, and collaborate with other local business owners. Find resources and information to help you manage your business, get answers to questions from like-minded business owners, and share resources to help others. The event is August the 26th at the Country Club of Jackson from 8 to 5 p.m. Seating is limited, so visit southernbusinessinstitute.com for tickets today.
4: I'm Caleb Sailors, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Energy Mississippi has reported over 2,000 power outages throughout Hines, Rankin, and Warren Counties amid the constant downpour and flash flooding that has taken place throughout the Magnolia State. In Hines County, there were more than 900 outages reported. Roughly 300 were reported in Warren County and over 200 in Rankin County. Energy Mississippi is currently working to have all of these restored. In other news, law enforcement officers in Adams County have arrested a man and a woman suspected of being involved in a shooting that took place on Monday morning at a residence in the Woodhaven subdivision in Natchez. The woman was reportedly the driver of a Honda CRV, which was captured by a neighbor's home surveillance camera. The arrested man is allegedly the shooter. The incident kick-started when a resident of the Woodhaven subdivision confronted the suspected man who was walking in the residence driveway early Monday morning. The man allegedly opened fire and no further Other details have been given as of now.
0: Need some good news? I've got good news. Good things with Rebecca Turner. Your daily dose of good news. Good news. 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 This afternoon at 2 on Super Talk Mississippi. Good news. There's a ton of content from Super Talk Mississippi on our new YouTube channel. Just search Super Talk Mississippi on YouTube or go to supertalk.fm slash YouTube. Be sure and subscribe for free to get the latest scoop on what's happening in Mississippi news, politics, sports, and the good things happening here in the state. You're listening to Super Talk Mississippi, where the news comes first. With live updates from Super Talk Mississippi News and Fox News every hour. Available on the Supertalk app and at supertalk.fm. Can you believe this guy? Who
2: is this guy? It's
0: Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 on Supertalk Mississippi. I like this guy. Also on the Supertalk app and at supertalk.fm. Thunder and lightning on Supertalk Mississippi.
3: You called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. to get that first line in there. Thunder and lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Hayden. Hey, Rhino's down there in Studio X. He takes care of everything. I don't have to do anything. Just show up and talking talking to the can here. That's 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 just my job. So if you missed my uh, interview with Brandon Marcello, which uh, was literally just a few minutes ago, it's available uh, wherever you get podcasts on the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed. And, of course, the Thunder and Lightning podcast is available as well. Tomorrow, Super Talk Mississippi will be live down in uh, Wesson at Colin Community College for the the kickoff of the uh, high school football season down there. Looking forward to that. Brought to you by King's Daughters. And uh, that's going to be a good time. Always enjoy that trip down there. Good people. They take care of us down there. And, of course, it's a a great, great scene there uh, right on top of the hill. So looking forward to that uh, tomorrow. So me and Richard will be down there. Mississippi State was in Davis Wade Stadium this past weekend, and you know if we if you listen to last week's show, we talked about the scrimmage, the first scrimmage of the uh, of preseason camp, and we said you know defense way ahead of Miss, uh, the offense at Mississippi State, and in that offense they got a lot of work to do. And if you go back and you listen to Mike Leach's comments after the uh, after the the scrimmage, he cha- he challenged his has uh, knocked the microphone there. He, uh, he challenged his offense. He talked about his receivers needing to be more physical. He needed talked about, you know, what they needed to do from an execution standpoint. That message was heard not only in the scrimmage uh, on Saturday this past weekend, but all week in practice. If you were judging, you know, like a boxing fight, you were given each practice like a round. The offense took took the rounds. They were they were ten nine ten eight all way all week uh, long. So it was a good week for Mississippi State offensively, which is what you wanted to see, right? After a great week defensively, you want to see the offense turn that around. Now, if you look at the stats, you're going to look at Will Rogers and Sawyer Robertson and their completion percentage and go, what? What are we talking about here? Guys, don't pay attention to that. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pulling a Wizard of Oz here. We're not talking about the man behind the curtain. Mississippi State, what they're doing defensively in these scrimmages, State's not going to see those, those defenses. Nobody else is running what Zach Arnett's going to throw at Mississippi State in, the, in, in their own scrimmages. Don't worry about that. If Rodgers completes less than 72% of his passes, color me really, really surprised. But they were able to spread the ball around. They were able to get the ball into the end zone. They were able to get different guys' catches. One, two, three teams all looked good. You saw the depth of Mississippi State's receiving core when you see a guy like Rara Thomas, who had five touchdowns a year ago and looks like he could be a potential breakout guy. He's down on the third team. He's behind Tulu Griffin and behind uh, Justin Robinson, the transfer Uh, from Georgia, who we had talked about a little bit last week. There's just got so many guys there. You've know, you got Wally, Austin Williams, Jameer Calvin in the slot. Over at the Z, you've got Caleb Ducking, who everybody's very excited about. Some people are a little too excited about Caleb Ducking. On 24-7 today, there's a thread about comparing him to Michael Crabtree. Let's let the guy catch a pass, why don't we? Let's let the guy have a game where he's over 100 yards instead of a season where he's under it before we start making these kind of comparisons. Once again, as I think we talked about last week, don't ever make anybody the next. Let them be the first. Don't 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 give don't don't give the unfair expectation. Uh, I mean, Michael Michael Crabtree caught like 190 passes in one season. That's, there's no need for these comparisons. But I think Ducky will be pretty good, and I like Antonio Harmon a lot. Behind him, I think that guy is a, is a future star for Mississippi State. I, I really like him. Um, but you see the depth of the of this receiving core. They've got. Eight, nine guys that they feel really good about. If you wanna you want to needle your Ole Miss friends, you just tell them like Malik Keith looked at that receiving room and said, I've got to go to Ole Miss if I want to play. I mean, that's just the truth, is what that is. Um, on the offensive line, obviously the big issue are the tackle positions, right? Looks like left to right, it's gonna be Dollar Bill Johnson, Nick Jones, Juco Transfer, who uh I'm not sure if he redshirted a season ago or not, but didn't play as much. Center will be LaQuinston Sharp, as you would expect. Right guard, Cole Smith. It really shouldn't surprise us that Cole Smith uh, got his job back at right guard. I mean, he was a good player for Mississippi State last season. He was He started most of the games. Injured in the spring, now that he's healthy, he's a starting right guard. Works for me. Makes sense, right? And then Cam Jones, who's got a lot of versatility. I think he can play inside and outside. They've got him at right tackle. So he wins that job over the redshirt freshman, Albert Reese, who I still think has a ton of potential. But, you know, obviously when you've got a quarterback like Will Rogers, not the most mobile quarterback, you want to put the five guys you have the most faith in, the most trust in, and those are the, that's where you're going to go with that. That is a solid group Starting 11-wise, you know, I didn't mention Rogers and I didn't mention Jaquavius Marks, who did take a a, a bang-up injury to his ankle, but all indications are he'll be fine. Expect him to play week one against Memphis. Dylan Johnson's still there. And then keep an eye out for uh, a redshirt freshman, Simeon Price. He's had a really good camp there. He's a guy that played receiver in high school, but they've made him into a running back but he he fits that air raid mold. He'll, obviously, he'll be able to catch out of the backfield. Got some explosive, some 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 juice to his runs. Keep an eye on him. You know, when I say keep an eye on him, he's the third running back in a system that runs the ball fifteen times a game. So we're not talking a whole ton of t- touches here. All right. Johnson and Marks still going to get most of the touches, but when he's on the field, just keep an eye on him. I think I think he'll stand out to you. Flash is the word we like to use to describe it. He flashed in practice today, so keep an eye on them. Defensively, uh, an injury to Jaden Crumity is going to keep him out for an extended period of time. How long that time is, I don't know. Uh, Mississippi State, as you might guess, not very forthcoming with the injury information, nor have they ever been, Which I so I didn't expect it to start today. But State has depth on the defensive line. Cam Young, Nathan Pickering, Randy Charlton, Jordan Davis, Demonte Russell—you got you know five, six guys there that you can work around. Jack Harris has played a lot for Mississippi State. You could see him. You could see the freshman Trevion Williams make an appearance very early. Still very high uh, on his potential for Mississippi State. So you've got you got guys there. Not overly worried about that. Your linebackers are solid: Tyrus Wheat, Jet Johnson, Nathaniel Watson, and then Deshaun Page is probably the fourth guy in there. Sean Page is a JUCO guy who didn't play much a season ago. You see that a lot with Mississippi State. Those JUCO guys take a, a year to really get involved. That's why I'm not overly concerned about Percy Lewis, the JUCO tackle. A lot of uh, you know He had the uh, the starting edge, I think, coming out of the spring, but now that they've moved Dollar Bill over there, he's, he's behind. Best case scenario, he can redshirt and be a contributor going forward. Now, in this day and age of the portal, you never know. You don't ever know for the portal. They, 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 they could just say the heck with it, but it doesn't seem like the way. I will say this about the portal for Mississippi State. But the guys that they've lost over the past couple of years, and they've lost, what, close to 30, I think, going back to 2020 season? Maybe over 30. But how many of them at State really want to keep around? How many of them were just like, okay, that guy's irreplaceable? Two? And irreplaceable is about the right word. They would have loved to have kept Aaron Brule. Good player. Could have provided a lot of depth for you. But he decided to move on. I think they love Teddy Knox's potential. Good speed guy, but they went out and recruited Marquez Dorch and Xavier Thomas. Good speed guys. I mean, replaceable, replaceable. They haven't lost. There hasn't been a guy hit the transfer portal for Mississippi State that I was just like, okay, that's a big loss. That's somebody that I don't know that they can replace. So you know, when you think about the portal, the guys who you want to keep for the most part, you're going to find a way to keep them. You're going to find a way. Um, Forbes at the one cornerback. DeCambrian Richardson at the other. I think he's beaten out, speaking of transfer portal, he's beaten out Marcus Banks there. Had a great spring and had a great fall. Won the job. Simple as that. And then back there in the secondary, another transfer, Jackie Matthews is going to play a big role. Jalen Green, who transferred in a year. This is college football, man. Transfer portal. And then, uh, so Jalen Green, I think he's beaten out Corey Ellington. Corey Ellington is one to watch, though. A lot of potential there. And then Colin Duncan, who, you know, has gotten some some stick in the past. You know, because he's been on the on the bad end of where state will blitz the house and they don't get there and he's left covering, you know, one-on-one with a wide receiver. But as a safety when he's playing over the top and when he's helping out, he's fine. He's good. Solid player back there. That's your state starting 22. As far as I see it, you know, going into week 1, which is where state is now. You know, practice is shut down to the media, and uh, they're in game prep mode now. You know, they're 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 out of the preseason now. You're you're not seeing ones on ones now. You're seeing the one on the scout team, and the scout team is doing what Memphis wants to do. That's where Mississippi State is uh, from a practice perspective. We'll talk. I think they're actually talking to the coaches as we speak uh, right now, and that's the last media availability until Monday when Mike Leach will have his first press conference of the 2022 season, scheduled to start at three. I will set the over-under on that at 3.38. Uh, you can place your bets with our friends at the uh, timeout. At timeout, uh, that's the, the sports book down there at the uh, Golden Moon. They'll have the action for you. I don't know what the odds are off the top of my head, but 3.38. That's when we'll start that first press conference, according uh, to me. One, uh, just a little bit of time left here on the show. When we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of things from the podcast I'm going to bring here to the show that I wanted to talk to you about, stuff to look forward to over the next couple of days. And we'll wrap everything up with you here on a Wednesday night here on Thunder and Lightning Live. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning Live. That's me, Brian Haydad. This is Super Talk Mississippi.
0: temple customer clark's construction
1: we had a complete bathroom renovation all the way from the tile floor to countertops and everything that goes with uh, with a bathroom and we checked with other folks to see how they had worked with jerry and we always got some uh, some good reviews never did get one that was uh, that was not good and you know the trust issue was was not an issue with jerry so i'd say he's a five star
0: for a construction company you can trust call clark's construction at 601-214-9463.
1: 601-864-3752
4: Dak Prescott here Why do I choose Proven quality sleep From sleep number Because better sleep Elevates my game Only my sleep number 360 smart bed Helps me fall asleep faster Keeps me cool And effortlessly adjust For my best sleep The result 28 minutes more Restful sleep a night That's more focus More edge And more highlights And that means more wins For all of us All smart beds are on sale. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, only
0: for limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. It's Fox
2: Wheels. The end of the classic muscle car era is approaching as Dodge announces it'll end production of gas-powered Challenger and Chargers next year, replacing them with new all-electrics like the Charger Daytona SRT concept. It comes with 60s and 70s era styling that's said to be more powerful and quicker and even comes with emissions-free exhaust pipes. Dodge CEO Tim Kaniskis is telling Fox News Auto that the only way the brand could approach an EV future. We
0: got to make it look right. We got to make it sound right. We got to make it drive right. I, I think people are going to be—they're uh, uh, going to be shocked.
2: Full details on the electric Charger Daytona SRT not yet released, but Dodge has said the all-wheel drive concept will exceed the current Hellcat V8's 808 horsepower rating. The production version of the Charger Daytona SRT expected in showrooms by the end of next year. That's Fox Wheels. I'm Jeff Manasso, Fox News.
0: To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 till 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk, Mississippi 97.3. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. <laughs>
3: Can be said. Great. Thunder and lightning live, wrapping it up here on a Wednesday evening. Thanks for joining me here at supertalk.fm or at Supertalk TV or on the Supertalk app or wherever it is you consume Supertalk content. I appreciate it. I'm Brian Adad. This uh, this week on the podcast, I've I've been I've got a couple things we're going to finally wrap up. First and foremost, on uh, Friday's show. Uh, we will unveil the 7th Annual Mississippi State Media Poll. Now, if you're not familiar with that, I've done it since the the old days of the, uh, the B&B show. Take you back uh, to those days with me and Bob Karskad. And basically what I do is I send out a poll, and I get everybody who covers the team locally, from all the newspapers, from the fan sites, from a TV perspective, and obviously me on the radio. And we, we give our thoughts, and we sort of give you an, a consensus of what we think this team is going to be. And, we, you know, talking to Josh earlier today on Sports Talk and talking to Brandon just a few minutes ago, Brandon Marcello, you know, the national media tends to underrate Mississippi State. So what do the people who actually cover the team on a day-to-day basis think? Well, I'll go ahead and tell you that last year, 7-5 and five was the predominant record, and that's exactly what Mississippi State was. Um, so... What do we all think? You're going to find out on Friday. That that uh, one will it be available on the podcast. I'll post an article to supertalk.fm and you'll be able to see the poll uh, in its entirety, everybody involved, including our national voice, the man who leads the Mississippi State fan base from high atop the mountain, the new, newly crowned, un, the formerly uncrowned and now newly crowned king of the south, Brandon Walker from Barstool Sports. He will have his picks in there as well. We've done this now for seven years. I know a lot of people look forward to it, which is incredible to me. Anything I people look forward to, something I do. Normally, the only thing people look forward to with me is me leaving, me stop talking. I know I was looking forward to that. Hey, Dad. Okay, I, I, I get it. So that'll be uh, that'll be this week, and then we've had a lot of fun this summer over the past uh, you know two months plus, I guess. Uh, doing this countdown. We've done the uh, the countdown of the 50 greatest wins in Mississippi State history, which, of course, elicited a lot of response from uh, fans outside the Mississippi State famous.
1: Oh, got 50
3: wins? Oh, really? I didn't know the state had won 50. Shut up! That's what I'm trying to tell you. Easily did 50 wins. It took me like five minutes to put this thing together. We will wrap that up on Friday. Tomorrow's podcast, uh, you'll hear the number three game. Spoiler alert, I'll just tell you what it is right here. I went with the 1941 Egg Bowl. We always talk about, oh, man, how great would it be if the Egg Bowl was for the SEC championship? It's happened one time in the history of the game. It was in 1941, Mississippi State 6, Ole Miss nothing. Can you imagine watching a 6 nothing football game nowadays? We would all lose our minds. Imagine if the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving Day was 6 to nothing. What would that show on Friday be like? Be like, what do we just watch? Just set football back 100 years. That's your number three game. I would bet if you're a Mississippi State fan, without knowing any other games on the countdown, without you having heard any other game I've said all these past 50 days or whatever it's been, you can guess number one and number two on that countdown. If you can't, I don't know that you're really a Mississippi State fan, to be totally honest with you. So that will be on Friday's podcast well. So Friday's podcast, uh, lot 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 going on. The media poll, and we'll have uh, we'll have our final two games on the show. Somebody wants to know if we can talk about wrestling. We could, we could. I'm trying to go, Jason. I'm trying to go no wrestling for like the first couple months. Just want to you know, everybody's like, oh, he's it's just Mississippi State. He's doing great, and then I'm just I'm going to slide some wrestling in there, just not today, not today. Although you know next week is all out, so we'll see how the, we'll see how that goes for us. Uh, so Mississippi State. Uh, when we come back next week, when we have the next Thunder and Lightning live, we will have uh, heard from Mike Leach to start game week. We'll have seen an official uh, Mississippi State depth chart. Uh, we will have probably you know start talking about Memphis a little bit and what that game's going to be and how there's a, you know there's there's a little bit of a revenge factor which you hate to see when you're playing a. Team like Memphis, you would like the revenge factor to be against, you know, LSU or, or Ole Miss. Not not but it is what it is. And next time we have a show, we're in game week, guys. College football is here. There's games this weekend. And then next weekend, Davis Wade Stadium, six thirty kickoff. I, I may have made a mistake. I looked at the weather on September the third. High is eighty three. Low is sixty eight. Are we Are we going to have a nice day for the first game? Is it going to be cool at kickoff? I shouldn't have looked. I'm sorry I talked about it. Forgive me. Rhino, thanks as always, man. Great job. Always appreciate your help with the show. Thanks to all you guys for listening in and hitting me up on the uh, text line. It's been a fun show. We'll be back again next week. Super Talk Mississippi, thank you again. This is Thunder and Lightning Live. Talk to you again tomorrow.